Well, for those that uh, that are not leaving, um, I wanted to see if everybody got a note sheet from the back. I believe uh, somebody had them. Oh, Joe has them right there. And so if you just uh, slip up your hand and he'll get those to you. There is also pencils in the back of most of the pews as well if you need a something to something to write with or pews chairs all right um, it right. looks like we're all set so we'll be in first Thessalonians uh, chapter 2 verse 13 this morning is where we're going to start out first Thessalonians chapter 2 verse number 13 and I'm also going to have it up up on the screen uh, if you can see it um, or you can go ahead and look it up as well and uh, it's good to turn in the Bible and so this morning I'm going to start kind of a mini series on and it's kind of kind of a series kind of uh, one sermon spread out over three services so we're going to look at uh, six different growth points and so we have the first two this morning we'll have two tonight and then two on Wednesday night, and so I hope you can be a part of each of those services. Uh, the, uh, this morning at 11, uh, Josh Sargent, who usually brings our Sunday school, is going to be uh, uh, preaching the 11 o'clock service, and uh, so you don't want to miss that as well. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 13, the Bible says, For this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because... When you received the word of God, which ye heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this day, Lord. I just pray that you'll have your hand on this, on this lesson this morning, Lord. Lord, that we'll, uh, we'll uh, each learn something new from your word this morning. Lord, I also pray that if there's anyone here that has not trusted you as their personal Savior, that they will they'll get that taken care of. They'll place their faith in you this morning so that they can have a home in heaven. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for this day. Lord, I just uh, pray for our pastor and his family as they travel. In your son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. All right. So... As I was thinking, going, thinking about these these growth points and this this last line in particular of this word, which effectually are there, uh, let me back up the word of God, which effectually worketh in you that believe. I was thinking that to grow in the Christian life, it requires quite a bit of work, and a lot of people in this church have vegetable gardens, and I had a vegetable garden. I know a lot of other people in this church, like Art and Lana. Lorna and uh, Janet Trapp all have much more successful vegetable gardens than I ever had. I never, um, never had to learn to can because I never had enough to can. And so, but um, what I've learned from, from gardening is that gardens that look like this and those larger gardens, they don't just happen. It takes a lot of work. What I tended to do is, you know, about April, um, May, the beginning planting season, I would get really excited about it and spend a day working on the garden, getting the, the weeds all cleared out of the flower bed, getting the seeds planted, 
having the irrigation set up, everything ready to go, and the automatic watering, then I wouldn't think about it for about a month. <laughs> and, you know, if you want a successful garden, I don't recommend that method. You've got you've to be out there working with it, um, making sure that your seedlings are okay, and uh, weeding, that's very important, <laughs> as I found out the hard way. Um, and so it is a lot of work to have, to have a garden that, will, that is either a beautiful garden, uh, a flower garden, or a garden that will yield a lot of food. And you know, so gardening takes a lot of work. It takes the soil preparation, it takes the planting, the fertilizing, weeding, watering, harvesting. It's all a lot of work. And it's, um, it's interesting like to see even, sometimes you'll see a garden that was really loved at one point that has been has been neglected. I remember when uh, Mark and Kelsey House bought their house. I was helping them. We were helping them move up to it. You could tell that somebody years ago really cared for the garden around that house, and then the next person didn't care about it, and they moved in. And now it looks very nice after a ton of work. But you could tell that it was a garden that um, somebody had cared very much for, and then it had been really just uh, abandoned and left to go to the wild. Now. So growing food is a lot of work. That's why I end up in a place like this. Most of the time, most of my food comes from, you know, Fred Meyer, Winco, uh, New Seasons, any at uh, the grocery store because it's easy and all the food is presented beautifully and there is no work. I just go in and choose what I want and it's beautifully displayed, it's clean and washed for me. It's wonderful. Now, it's the grocery store is instant and clean and it's laid out in a way that makes it that makes it easy. Everything is ready to go, and you don't have to wait for things to be in season. Things are shipped in from around the world, so you can have things that don't, that do not even grow here at any time with no with no waiting. And so, that's the way I choose to go. But you're not getting the same thing as if you grow it at home. The if you grow if you grow your vegetables at home, you all know they taste different and they taste better if they're grown at home than from the store. And so, like, like our food, in the Christian life, so often, and I think this is the first blank, we want, we want quick blessings in the Christian life. We don't want to put in the work and wait for things. In most areas of our life, in living in the United States, we're especially blessed with, with things being convenient and, and instant. You know, we don't even, if we want to go out to eat, we don't even have to leave our homes to go out to eat. We can just order it on our phone, and it's brought to us. And um, these are all good things, but in the Christian life, we want, we want the fruit of the Spirit immediately with minimal effort and without taking that time to build a relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't want the struggle, the hassle, or the weight. We treat the Christian life sometimes almost like it's just going to the grocery store and for for a lot of people going to church once a week they think that's that's all they need but uh, unlike going to unlike shopping you can go to the grocery store once a week and and have your food and be fine but if you give your garden only an hour of an atten of attention a week you're you're going to be pretty thin and and so we get frustrated without these instant blessings. We can get frustrated when we're, when we're 
not being blessed in our Christian life, but we forget that we're not, uh, we're not cultivating that relationship. We're not having a relationship with Jesus. And so notice the next blank. It is a relationship with Jesus. It's not instant. Building a relationship uh, with, with anybody takes time. And that is why in, uh, in, in our church, we have, we have so many services. We're each trying to, um, to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ, trying to build our relationship with Jesus Christ. And not only are we a church that has a bunch of services, we're also a church we encourage people to, we encourage you to read your Bible, to pray, and to build that relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, outside of church as well. Because the more time you spend with Jesus Christ, the more you can get to know him and the more you can know his blessings. And notice, uh, thirdly, letter C, that faith grows with intention and attention. As God works in you, he desires to cultivate your life. The fruit is the product, his workmanship. It's all his doing, but it's a result of us growing, of, of that relationship with Jesus Christ. But all of the fruit is because of him. The cultivation of your faith like a garden will bring, will bring forth evident fruit in your, in your life with your attitudes and behaviors and the blessings that God gives. But we have to have that relationship with Jesus Christ for him to bless us. Now, we should have this desire to obey as a, as a want to as a result of our relationship with Christ. Sometimes it'll be, it'll be a have to. It's not always going to be easy to want to go to, to, not always going to be easy to want to pick up your Bible and to, uh, to read God's word or to go to church. But we should, we should have a, this, build this relationship with Jesus Christ so it, so it is a want to. So we want to go and learn more about Jesus Christ. Now, Notice also that faith isn't, isn't, inact, isn't inactive, it's active. Biblical faith is effective and active. It produce, produces a visible transformation and obedience to Jesus. Belief produces, produces behavior. James 2.18 says, Ye a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. So, the works of our faith, it's a result of our faith in Jesus Christ. Because we have, uh, because, I forgot to move that along. Because we have faith, we have works. So over the next three services, I want to go over six growth points for our Christian life. Six growth points for our Christian life. So there'll be two, two this morning, and then two tonight, and then two on Wednesday night. The first, the first one, and it's there on your note sheet, and if you notice the blanks, are, I think I got all of them there. They should all be in bold on the PowerPoint. So the first growth point this morning is communication from the Word of God. Communication from the Word of God. And we're going to go ahead and look in Romans chapter 10, verse number 14 through 17. Romans 10, 14 through 17, and it is also up there on the screen. The Bible says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace 
and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Elias saith the Lord, Lord, whom hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this passage in Romans 10 is a very, is a, is a very familiar passage, and it's usually a passage that's used when we come around the time of the missions conference. It's, um, it's a verse, how, how are the lost supposed to know about Christ unless, unless we send missionaries, unless we send preachers to communicate the word of God? And that is, a great, that is a great way to use that verse, and that verse applies to that. But also, if we're not filling our life with communication from the word of God, with biblical preaching, then how are we ever going to expect to grow in our relationship with Christ? How are we ever, how would we expect to grow in the Christian life? It's like me, you know, planting that garden, spending one, spending a day on it, and then just leaving it for weeks and weeks without ever, without ever tending to it. You know, something, something will grow, but it's mostly going to be the weeds and whatever else comes up, and I'll have I'll have my little seedlings coming up, but they're not going to be doing so well because I'm not spending any time, any time tending to them. You know, and the, and this passage it does it does focus on the loss, and it's it's uh, written uh, in in this context that the unbelieving Jews might be saved by calling on the Lord, but before they call on Him, they must have a preacher sent, and then and then they might they must know about Him before they can believe. In order to believe, they must hear the word of God, and the word of God creates faith in the hearer. In, uh, notice that it says that in verse number 17. We've got it. In order to have faith, you must hear, you must hear from the word of God. And so we must send people to, we must send preachers and missionaries to proclaim the word of God, but also, not only that, we've also got to be putting ourselves in a place where we can hear the word of God often. Notice also in Romans, uh, oh, I don't have Romans 10, 17 up there, but that'll be 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 is going to be my next verse. So Romans 10, 17 again is, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then uh, 1 Thessalonians 2, 13, I read it earlier, but um, I'm going to go ahead and read that. And then 1 Peter 2, 2, the Bible says, For this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as the word of truth in the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. And then 1 Peter 2, 22, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that they may grow thereby. You know, God ordained this first method of growing faith, of receiving communication from the Word of God. You know, we're really blessed. We're really blessed today, and in the last, um, since uh, now we live in a time where, um, pr- since the invention of the printing press, when uh, it is now very, very easy to have a copy of the Bible, and now we can have that copy of the Bible on our phones with us, with us all the time wherever we go, but. For a lot of human history, that just wasn't something that was possible for everybody to have their own copy of the Word of God. So primarily how people would learn from the Word of God was by hearing messages, coming to a, a church and hearing messages from God's Word. And it was, it, was, it, was, it was very important, and it still is very important 
to hear the God hear God's word spoken. And it also is God's word is a living word. So when you hear God's word taught from different from different perspectives, you can learn something new every time you read the word of God and every time you hear the word of God uh, preached or taught. And so notice uh, letter A that letter A that God's word is alive with infinite truth and hearing it taught will make it come alive to you. The word of God is alive with infinite with infinite truth. That's why we can read a passage of scripture and learn something new every each time we read it. God's word is a living word. You know if you're reading another book, you're not it, it's not the same as the word of God. You're not you're not going to it's it's not the inspired it's not an inspired word. So if you're reading a copy of of Moby Dick, you're not going to learn something new always every time you come at it. You might learn something, but it's not the inspired word of God. And so we should do everything you can to fill your life with the word of God. Do everything you can to fill your life with the word of God. And why should we do that? Because that's our communication from Jesus Christ. And going to hear the word of God taught, going to hear um, hear different perspectives and communication and elaboration and explanation of the word of God is, is very important because we can learn more about our Savior, Jesus Christ, and that's how God has revealed himself to us is through his word. And so notice letter C. This will begin with a Bible-believing pastor and a healthy church family where you can regularly hear God's word presented with doctrinal purity and practical clarity. So the first one is very, they're both very important, but doctrinal purity is very important. It's important to find a church with, with, good, with good doctrine, with Bible-based doctrine, not doctrine that is built, built around man. And also, you want to have a church that presents with preaching that is, that is practical, practical and clear. You know, if I if if we all go and sit in a in a seminary class and we don't understand what what they are talking about the entire time, we're really not gaining anything from that. And so we want we want uh, practical clarity. We want to be able to understand what what is being taught and be able to apply it to our lives. And we also want right doctrine. And this idea of practical clarity. This is why right now we have uh, different Sunday school classes going on at different levels because, you know, uh, you have to teach the Bible differently depending on the age of a kid because uh, a bunch of toddlers are probably not going to enjoy adult Sunday school. And, um, and then uh, fifth and fifth and fourth and fourth and fifth and sixth graders are different than first through third graders, which are different from high schoolers. And there's uh, different, different things going on in each and every one of their life. And so you can always gain something from the word of God, but having that practical clarity and those different age groups helps us to learn, learn from the word of God. And so we, we need that communication from the word of God. We need to have our lives full of that, that um, preaching from the word of God. And on that note, growth point number two is the com- a community of believers. A community of believers. So these go 
these go pretty hand in hand. You need that communication from the word of God. And where do you get that? In your community of believers or the local church. Acts 2.42 says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. So early, the early, early church used the temple as their place of assembly and ministry, and they also met in various homes. The 3,000 new converts needed instruction from the word of God and fellowship with God's people. And notice letter A, the early church did more than make converts. They also made disciples. They also made disciples. And so this is where a lot of times people with really, really great intentions can really get off track. Um, in the, in, there's a lot of movements where um, people will do everything they can just to get people just to get people saved, and that's very important, just to get the gospel out, to get people saved. But we're also commanded to make disciples, where the teaching doesn't end with just, with just salvation. I mean, and praise the Lord that, that people are getting saved, but you also need to make disciples, because uh, you need to have disciples, then disciples can then, then spread the gospel even more. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, this very familiar passage says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So right there in the middle of that verse is where we're told to make, this, make disciples, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And so... We're, we're told to, to make disciples, to, to teach. And this, this commandment isn't just given to the pastor of the church. It's not just given to the Sunday school teachers of the church. It's given to all the members of the church. Anybody can, can, um, can, can teach that from the Bible, can teach the word of God, and can, and can go through these things to, to grow disciples and to grow relationships in the local church. And so, going back to Acts 2.42, there's a couple phrases that need explanation. So there's this, this I, it said that they continued in breaking of bread, which probably refers to their, it either refers to the Lord's Supper and the, their regular meals together in, in fellowship. And, and uh, all of these meals that they'd have together. The word fellowship um, means more here than just being together. They were having in common. You know, in a church, we have more than just get-togethers. We have fellowships because we have our salvation in common, because we have our doctrine in common. We can fellowship, and we can have those beliefs in common, and we can have different relationships than we can have outside of our local church. And in, in that time, they would even... Um, share their material goods and so to help out other people in the local church they would have things in common and this was um, this was uh, different than an idea of it wasn't like some kind of like uh, biblical communism that they were trying to do it was 
they were this was out of uh, out of a love for their fe- their fellow brethren in Christ that they would share and um, provide for needs for other uh, brothers and sisters in Christ in the early church. And uh, notice uh, the Bible mentions this in um, oh there's another blank for you that I skipped over before I get to my next passage. The word of fellowship means much more than being together. It means having in common. And then in Acts, uh, Acts 11, 27, I'm going to read a few verses here. Acts 11, 27 through 30, the Bible says, In these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, and there stood up one of them named Agrippus and, and signified of the Spirit, and they, that there should be a great dearth throughout the world which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in in Judea, which also they did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So the church, they were were giving for relief for these other areas. Notice the next heading, the importance of of the church assembling <clears throat> the importance of the church assembling you know we've learned a lot about this the last few years the importance of the church assembling and you know i really think that covid was kind of this this second the second movement of recent history of kind of the uh, the devil's attack on on the assembling of the church i would say the first the first attack was when um, a lot of ministries began to come out with um, TV, TV ministries. And a lot of people would, would think, well, I don't, need to, I don't need to go to my local church because I, I can just watch church on TV. And, you know, uh, there, there are churches that, that have these TV ministries. And, you know, f- and that is... is beneficial in the sense that the word of God is going out and hopefully people are getting saved from those ministries but it is no by no means a replacement for the local church and then during COVID was when a lot of people got comfortable at home and not going to their local their local church people that at one time were faithful to come to church every week and for those that, um, when, you, when you're away from that, and it's something that you rely on that community of believers in your local church, it is something that is, is really greatly missed. And a lot of people, a lot of people never came back and were comfortable at home to, to either not go to church altogether or to just watch church from, from their living room or from from their smartphone without getting out of bed. And so you, but you don't get the same benefit as you do to go and attend at the local church. It is very important that the church assembles. Notice what, um, what the Bible says in, oh, not ready for that one yet. Um, So, Notice what the Bible says in Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and even so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as ye also do. Hebrews 3.13 says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So I would say God's greatest greenhouse for us to grow our faith is our local church. We ought to be in our local church serving and learning from the word of God because it's our greenhouse to grow our faith. Notice the next blank. Early, early Christians were interdependent together and dependent on Jesus. They committed themselves to their church, their church community, their church body, and doing, doing their faith together. Jesus gave his life for this, this concept, this thing called the church. And it's vital that you become a part of a, of a Bible-believing church with that, um, with that um, biblical doctrine and with, the, and with practical clarity so that you can learn from the word of God. And God can use these relationships in the local church to grow, to grow your faith. Uh, notice letter B, real Christianity is not a solo journey. God's designed us to need one another. That's one of the reasons COVID was so damaging is because with the isolation that was imposed on us, that, that isolation, people are not meant to live like that. We, we, have, we have to be social. And in the church, it's even, even more than that. Not only do we need to be social, we need to be there to encourage one another and to be encouraged. And so every time when you find a Christian growing maturity, you find a community of believers, you find a church to strengthen them, and you find a church family supporting, praying, and cheering each other on. You find uh, believers assembling, comforting, and serving. And so notice also in, the, in today, we, there's a movement specifically, I think it's really strong in the Pacific Northwest, of people that, that say they're Christian but don't want to go to church and would prefer to just be out in nature and say, well, that's where I go to spend my time with the Lord. And, you know, there is a, there, there is a place for that, but that's also not a replacement for the local New Testament church. You know, if you want to go take your Bible and do your devotions or do your time of prayer out somewhere in the woods without distraction, that's a great thing. But it can't be a replacement for the assembly of the local New Testament church. And so um, that's where we, we have this idea of the, of the prayer closet. You go somewhere without distraction. If that place is out in the woods for you, then, then great. But you still have to be in church on Sunday. So notice that Jesus said that the, this community of the local church, that it's the one thing that will cause the world to believe the gospel. John 13, 35 says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And so that, that community in the local church, that is supposed to be a mark of the Bible-believing Christian that you have love for one another in the body of Christ, in the church, the local New Testament church. Satan tries his very best to divide and isolate Christians. COVID was part of that, and then all of these other movements, these ideas that, um, that I don't have to go to church, I can just be off by myself, and I can, I can worship God myself, 
while that uh, while that's true that's not a replacement for the local church that God instituted and gave to us you know if he if Satan can keep you from church from gathering with believers he can keep your faith weak and anemic if you if you want to grow in faith we need to be in a local New Testament church you know when when I when I go and plant a garden I plant all the vegetables of like kinds together in rows in the garden because that that's where the good soil is that's where the soil is that I've that I've mended with with compost and um, and tilled up I don't plant my the, the seeds all over the lawn because that's not where they're gonna grow the 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 uh, at least in in our lawn the the ground was not was not that great it was I was hard clay and the seeds are not going to grow there not to mention the people walking through it and the mower nothing's going to grow there that's why we need to be planted in our local New Testament church because that's the very best place we can grow so always remember a healthy church is about is about Jesus Christ. There's a lot of churches that are about all kinds of things. And they will not always be unfortunately Jesus Christ. And because God instituted the local New Testament church, there's churches that are not centered on Jesus Christ and because they're following some of the things that that Jesus Christ himself has has instituted that they get some blessings from that. But the church needs to, be, needs to be built around the word of God. And I think people know that they need to have that community of believers. I've um, seen people talking about with COVID that people are, are missing, or even before COVID, that people were missing their, their third place. You know, in the, a, a lot of people, they have, you have, we have two places we're usually always at, that we have home and we have work. And then for a lot of people, they, they have a third place that they go to. And for people that don't go to church, a lot of times maybe that's a, a coffee shop or the mall or something, and more and more those places are unavailable with, uh, with, uh, with all of the things going on in the world. But for the believer, that third place that we spend, that we spend most of our time besides home and work ought to be our local New Testament church. And we ought to have, have these relationships with, with others in our local New Testament church so that we can grow in our faith. And it's also, the church ought to be about relationships before, before activity. You know, the, the things that the, that the church does, the activities, are to build relationships between, between believers in Christ. And also to see others um, come... Uh, come to faith in Jesus Christ to see others saved, and so we have that communication from the word from the Word of God and that community of believers that are both things that are vital in that you that you need to be part of in order to to grow in your faith. And with without them, so many Christians get frustrated because they're not growing in their faith, but. You know, they're, 
not, they're not part of a church. They're not sitting under, under biblical preaching. Or they're simply not going to church very much. More and more uh, churches are cutting their additional, their midweek services and their Sunday night services. And uh, most church, a lot of churches just have the one hour a week. And somebody that goes to church one hour a week in the United States is considered a very committed Christian. And, but we know that an hour a week of hearing from the word of God, of spending time with, with fellow believers in the local church, an hour a week is, is just not enough. We need more time with the, with the word of God and more time with fellow, with fellow believers. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and close in a word of prayer. That's our first uh, two points this morning. And we'll I'll continue on as we go uh, as we go tonight and then uh, Wednesday night as well. And so I'm going to go ahead and close in a word of prayer. And before we're dismissed for a break between until the 11 o'clock service, let's pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this day, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you will um, you'll bless the 11 o'clock service this morning, Lord. I pray that we'll see we'll see visitors out out for it, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that you will see people saved this morning in the in the service. And <clears throat> Lord, also I just pray that we'll we'll be a church that uh, assembles that assembles regularly, and will and Corridor Baptist Church will just pray that it always is a church that is is preaching the word of God um, with good doctrine and um, with practicality. And Lord, I just pray again that you'll bless the services this morning in your son Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, you're dismissed.